Welcome to the show. In studio, Paul George here with Adam Conk. Paul George, Adam yes, Conk. Absolutely. It Talking must be time for the show. All things art of living. Adam, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm happy to be alive. Yep. And that you're alive, too. <laughs> I am, man. So that's... We're off to a great start. Yeah, I was talking to you yesterday on the phone, actually. Mm-hmm. Every now and then we do talk or see each other outside of the studio. and Every uh, now and then. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you were driving from New Orleans. Yeah, it's it's quite a feat to drive from New Orleans to Lafayette at certain times of the day. The big easy. And my plan was to get back at a decent traffic time, but that didn't work out. So yeah. I had to fight a little New Orleans traffic, but not too bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good thing it's not Mardi Gras, which is coming up. Goodness gracious. Or I wasn't there last weekend during the uh, protest event, Super Bowl thing. Yeah. Now, that would have been fun. You know, so yeah. New Orleans, you know, is always up for a party, right? And for the Super Bowl, uh, because of all the stuff that happened with, you know, the Saints losing with, you know, the ref call mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. that all these... People just in bars and restaurants just decided to throw parties for the Super Bowl, but they were going to watch the 2000 and... 10. Um, 2008. 2008. 2009 yeah. um, Super Bowl where mm-hmm. the Saints won. And so people just partied <laughs> with, you know... So anyway, always a good time in Louisiana. It is. In fact, I remember during the last time the Super Bowl was in New Orleans... Mm-hmm. I think it was the Ravens and the 49ers, I believe. Okay. And um, we didn't go to the Super Bowl. Did you go to that Super Bowl? No, I've never been to a Super <laughs> Me Bowl. Neither. No. Because the tickets are expensive. But we went to New Orleans that week just to see what it'd be like. And it was pretty nuts. And it was awesome. You know, so I remember going to see the, uh, you know, all the ESPN and all the networks. They all have their booths and their tables and they're doing their interviews, you know. But there were right. literally jerseys all over, you know, so they had people from San Francisco, people from Baltimore, just flooding the city, just giving all the money to, to New Orleans. It was, it was kind of a cool environment. People were talking to each other about the game and stuff. They didn't know each other, you know, in bars or whatever. Right. Um, so it's it's a pretty cool event, you know, to host a big sporting event. And New Orleans is a great place to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, a, it's a really cool city. So, so anyway... Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot, Adam, since our last conversation and over the course of the week. I've been having a lot of appointments with people and visiting with different places and parishes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and married couples and single young adults. You know, I'm kind of diverse in a lot of times in the conversations I end up. Yeah, you are all over the place. <laughs> it must people. be mentally exhausting. Uh, and here's what I want to talk <laughs> about um, today. And I kind of want to just throw it out, a little bit different show where we just kind of are just going to go right off after the 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 topic here. Let's do it. Um, it, It's the ability to really craft a vision um, uh, for your life, uh, both individually and corporately, um, in your work, and and then also at home. Here's what what I'm getting at. I find a lot of times people are stuck in their life because they don't really have a vision Mm -hmm. for where they want to go, what they want to be about, right? who they want to become or what they want their family to look like or be like. And so what ends up happening is you just kind of get stuck in the day-to-day uh, of just doing uh, without feeling like you're going anywhere or mm-hmm. going towards something, right? And if I can be real honest, you know, I see it a lot in, in businesses, but in the church. Oh, yeah. Um, this this lack of vision, 
a lack of real, um, you know, vision oriented of, of where we want to go, what we want to be about. And then what ends up happening is when you don't have a vision, um, you just do stuff. Yeah. And stuff doesn't really necessarily move you to where you want to go, who you want to be, what you want to become. Um, and if you work in business or if you're a husband, father and a parent, um, this is applicable to your life. Well, and the great thing about being a Christian is that we don't invent our lives, right? So in the non-Christian world, when we talk about vision, self-actualization, you know, whatever, the implication is that you're more or less starting from scratch. Yeah. You know, like, what do you want out of life? What do you want to go get? What do you want to become, right? Yeah. So the beautiful thing about being Christian is that we know that God has a plan for our life and our family and our business. Like, nothing is outside of God's plan, right? So every part of my life is an invitation from God to receive a vision of what it, he wants it to be, right? And this is why the saints are so motivating in, in the course of history. Because imagine, you know, we talk about motivators today, you know, CEOs of Google and Amazon or whatever, right? Like these powerhouse motivators. Imagine how much St. Francis of Assisi needed to move hearts to get done what he got done in his life, you know? Like when he spoke about what right. God was calling him to do, asking him to do, when he was casting a vision, how it needed to be just tangible, powerful, and motivating because everybody gave up their lives right. on his vision. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the source of that power was Jesus Christ himself who right. gave the vision to Francis. Amen. Francis didn't invent it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought he that up. He discovered it. And I think that's what's so attracting to us as the saints is that the saints give us a vision of what we can become. Mm -hmm. So vision, uh, when we talk about vision, vision is something that's down the road. It's something that we work towards, but right. it's something that keeps us going. And what I mean by that is that, you know, without vision, we, we have no direction. Okay, without vision, we have no direction. And it says, actually, in, in Proverbs, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Like, we literally mm -hmm. die, in a sense, spiritually, uh, emotionally, um, you know, it may even physically die when we don't have a vision of, of what we can become or what we want to work towards. You see this in the business world. If a company doesn't have a really good vision, they don't clarify that vision, they don't speak that vision, and they're... And they're their uh, employees aren't moving towards that vision. The company just doesn't work. You see this in the church when a church doesn't have a vision and it does, it's not moving towards something. It's not growing and people aren't buying into that. But you see this in homes. You see this in marriages when marriages don't have a vision of what they want their marriage to become. Or as parents, when we don't have a vision for our family, when we don't have a vision of what we want our family to become, what we do is we just kind of we move towards nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So we begin to kind of perish and die on the vine, and we feel like we're not going anywhere. And many people I talk to just feel like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. I feel like I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. And what vision does is it gives us a real clear sight of where we want to end up or where we want to go. Now, sometimes it seems like a long journey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does seem like, hey, this is taking longer, but that that's okay. Like, that's the whole point. And, you know, in the book of Micah, um, it says this, I, I love this scripture. Uh, it says, therefore, uh, it shall be night to you without vision. 
Therefore, it shall be night to you without vision. Basically, like you're walking in darkness without the light of a vision of where you want to go. Life's hard enough. Yeah. Life's difficult enough. You know, being married is hard enough. You know, working is hard enough. And so without vision, there's no light to shine in the toughness of life of where we want to go. And I think this is the lesson of the desert between Egypt and the promised land, right? That journey of God's people from slavery in Egypt to a land of milk and honey and promise was not supposed to take 40 years, right? Right. It's, just, it's, it's not that long of a journey. Right. But because their vision was more on where they had been and not on God's promise of what is to come, mm-hmm. the Lord needed to purify their vision and those, you know, those that perish without vision, literally in that desert. Yeah. In other words, that generation needed to die, except yeah. for two people. Mm-hmm. And those are the two people who are willing to go into the promised land, like Caleb, and, and like trusting God's promise, right? The vision of where they were going needed to be the vision of the community before God was ready to move the community. Absolutely. And those that were not on board with that literally needed to die. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes. We feel like that, especially in the church. It's like yeah. w- God is leading us somewhere, but we're not ready to go yet. Yeah. Well, what he's doing is he's purifying the church, and he's letting those that don't have his vision not die. Maybe literally, I don't know, but but in the sense of, look, we need to be purified and, and put everything in hope of God's promise right. before he gives us what, we, what we're looking for, you know? Yeah. That's how God works. He has the vision. He knows what's going on. God's yeah. not surprised. Right. He knows where we're going. Well, and what kept them going in the promise them was, you know, the bigger vision that was down the road that they thought that they would never get to, which was the promised land, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they did end up making it at some point. It was a long road. And I think that speaks a lot to our own life. Like we're never going to get it perfect. We're going to make wrong turns. And I think that's what's important is to come back to the vision. Like the vision is what gets us back on track. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not like we're not going to wander off or take a wrong turn. Like we are, it's not like we're going to mess up as a husband or wife or a parent. We are. It's not like we're going to have bad days at work or the church at some point isn't going to struggle. We are. It's to get back to the vision because vision clarifies where we want to go and what we want to be about. And when there is no vision, not only do we walk in darkness. But when there is no vision, what ends up happening is that a lack of leadership begins to take mm-hmm. over. Yep. Right? So if I don't have a vision for my family, someone in my family is going to take over the leadership. Yep. Right? And, and that, doesn't, I'm, that doesn't necessarily mean that's good, right? I'm saying right. that like, like that's not necessarily good. Uh, and in a, in a business, someone else is going to kind of take on the role of Reclarifying a vision and and taking on the role of a leader, and it's not necessarily good, you know. So when there's lack of leadership within the vision, other people just take control, and it's usually kind of dysfunctional, mm-hmm. right? And what I I really want to be about, and I want to challenge people really in the show today, is that I, sit down and begin to clarify the vision for your life, mm-hmm. the vision for your vocation, mm-hmm. and the vision for your work. Right, begin to 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 lean into that, and what does that look like, right? Um, and I think you brought it up, like vision. In in our opinion, I think we're on the same page here. Comes from God. Mm-hmm. Like when we begin to 
lean into God's vision already for our life, we gain clarity, right? So, so we have some big picture vision already that we need in our lives to, 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 to really grab hold of. One is the vision of heaven, the vision of sainthood. Like those are down the road. Like that's what I want to become. I want to, I want to be that. I want to move towards that. When I wake up, I, I need to be going somewhere spiritually and, um, working on issues and character flaws in my life. Why? Because I want to be that. I want to get there, right? Mm-hmm. In my family, in my vocation, what kind of father and husband do I want to be? Without that, like, I just simply just kind of wander. Exist. I just exist. And I kind of make... M- when you go into crisis mode, like when you're not going Absolutely. somewhere, you're simply just meeting whatever demand happens to be upon me right now. Mm-hmm. As yep. maybe the best I can, but I'm not. I'm not setting the the path for my life. Other my circumstances or other people's agendas are. Yep. And without vision, we gain control. We grab control. We focus on little, minimal tasks that, as if they're really important. Or as yeah. if they're really important, make us feel busy, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of stepping back and looking at the big vision. And I think you know, if you bring up the tension that we're we're all feeling a little bit in the church right now is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm talking about across the board, you know, with everything that's happening with, with the scandal and, you know, some financial crisis and with all these dioceses releasing names and, you know, like everywhere I travel, like there's tension around here, not yeah. only in, in, in the diocese we live in, but, but other dioceses and yep. the church and even, you know, in the, throughout twi- the world, throughout the world, when you're on social media, like we're all feeling it, we're all feeling it. And I think what the reality is like, we're, we're getting kind of stuck in the muck of like right of dealing with dealing with with the bad stuff and what ends up happening is we lose sight of the vision right and we gotta all step out and say what's the vision of where we want to go and what we want to become and it's time for people who are in real leadership that God has given leadership to reclarify the vision mm-hmm. and get people on board uh, and if you don't know how to do that then ask right yeah well Paul I think you're touching on one of the central missions of the church, and that is prophecy. The prophetic office is that under, in union with the Holy Spirit, either under direct inspiration or simply through the gifts of the Holy Spirit we all enjoy as Christians, I speak the truth of how things really are and how things need to be. And God, since... He began the project of salvation history, has raised up people either under direct influence of the Holy Spirit, like the prophets you read about, or just simply the gifts of the Holy Spirit we all enjoy as following God's will. They speak the truth to the community. This is where we are, but this is where we need to be. And this is what's going to happen if we don't go where we need to be. And in Jesus Christ, we're all baptized into him as priest, prophet, and king. Right, whether we're lay people or clerics, and one of our roles as Christians is to speak the truth about where we are as a community and where we need to be. And so it's not a holy thing to be very passive in an age like we live in in the church. Absolutely. It's not a holy thing. Not to say we need to be the ones in charge or criticize the ones in charge at all, but to simply have the vision and remind each other of the vision. Yeah, and when we're not in charge, per se, we... our, our our role is to point people to the vision. Exactly. Right? Remind them and, what it and is. And what ends up happening is that we, we uh, 
we don't do that. Like we point people to all the faults, all the bad mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we we kind of hyper focus on what are all these issues in my family and you know all, all the issues in the church or in my company instead of saying, okay, let me get back to the vision. That's what's positive, because the vision is always what's true, what's clear. If it's from God, right? Right. This is this is where we want to go, what we want to become, what we want to be about, and and that kind of really pops us out of the darkness, as the scripture says, out of the darkness so we can see, see the light, and then we can gain some clarity on how we begin to get there. What are some steps that we can begin to take? What are changes we can begin to make? Um, what, what are things that we can begin to change in a positive way to move us in a direction? So if you're stuck right now in your marriage, you're stuck right now in your family, uh, don't so much hyper-focus on all the negative, all the bad but step back and re-clarify the vision because that's going to pop you out, pull you out, bring some light in your darkness. So, you, And then you can say, all right, what are some steps, even small, to help me move in that direction, right, towards that vision? And I think in the church, like we need to get to that point as well, corporately, to be able to get back to what it's all about. And, um, you know, this is my challenge today. In the, in the last segment, we're going to talk about how do we really clarify vision, and we got a cool guest today as well. So it's Paul and Adam talking Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here in studio talking all things Art of Living and glad to have our guest, good friend of mine who comes on often all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, Chris Fattis. Chris, how you doing? Great, Paul. How are you? It's so good to hear your voice. I know it's been a while. Uh, the holidays were crazy, and we're getting back to the new year, so it's good to have you back on. Chris uh, is, uh, you know, I, I don't know your exact title with Solidarity Health Share. You've been on so many times, but uh, you're basically I'm the one chief, of the uh, chief whatever needs to get done today <laughs> officer. Yeah, so. but you are one of the founders, <laughs> and you guys have a, a great leadership team there in place, and uh so anyway, great to have you back on. You know, Chris, you know, one of the things that, you know, when you and I have been together and I've been out in, to Phoenix and you you and I have spent time together even a long time ago, um, and uh, you're an idea guy, um, and you've always had really good ideas. Um, and, you know, as Solidarity was getting off the ground, and, and here it is now today, you know, one of the great things is when it was getting off the ground is that you guys – really had a vision for what you wanted to accomplish with this thing. And the vision wasn't even just uh, like from from a human standpoint, but it was really a vision that, that God had given you guys uh, to create this, you know, this solidarity health sharing platform and business. How important, because every time I talk to you guys, it's like your vision just seems really clear or you're re-clarifying it. How important is it for you guys to have that vision? Mm. You know, I think, I mean, my, and, and I think I've, um, I've always 
felt this way, been that way. But I also, um, I think having now run this organization, um, and luckily not into the ground, just running it and it's still running, <laughs> is, uh, is seeing that the vision is, is even more important than I realize. And what I'm, what I've learned is that your vision has to pull you forward. Hmm. So like for us, our vision, our mission statement is to restore and rebuild an authentic Catholic healthcare system. Um, that in every way respects and defends life at all stages, right? So that's a pretty big vision because we're talking about things that we can't control. Right. I can't control hospitals. I can't control doctors. I can't control all the other players in a healthcare system. But that's our that's our vision. That's our mission. That's our mandate. And and what I what I see is that your your mission, your vision, it really has to pull you forward. It has to. It almost has to be like like a, a you know a noose in a sense of something around you around you that's that's just gently tugging you because you could, you know, say our vision is to have, you know, to affect a thousand people. Well, once you affect a thousand people, what happens, right? What, what, do, what do you do? And so vision has to be bigger than you. It has to be almost to the point. I tell my staff, we, we, whenever we do training at the, the first session is always with me and um, with all of our, our new team members. And, and I always say, you know, I, we will, we will achieve this vision but I most likely won't be alive hmm. um, because our vision is bigger than me. Our vision, it, you know, it's one of those things that we, we won't, we may not even realize we've achieved it until after, you know, I'm gone. And that's to me how big your vision has to be. And, and even Paul, in a personal sense, I would say even for our family, like do we think about what, how the way we live and the vision for our family affects our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren. Wow. You know, are we setting our family up? for a legacy that goes beyond our time. Absolutely. Amen to that. Uh, talking to Chris Faddis, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, co-founder of Solidarity HealthShare, solidarityhealthshare.org. Chris, let me let me back up for a second and ask you this question. Um, what, what happens when we don't have a clear vision, whether it be corporately for our organization, for the church, or for, for our family, or for our vocation? You know, I think in a practical sense, then then all of your decisions are reactionary. Everything we do then is reacting, right? Or or there's a, a sense of what I like to say is is this action is it stress relieving or goal achieving, right? Like everything we do, and we don't have if we don't know where we're going at the end of this week, right? Then everything we do is haphazard. But if we know what we want to achieve this week, then we can actually like make decisions towards that goal and achieve that. And I think that goes on. So what happens, I think, is chaos. I mean, I, I know my own family life. Um, in, in my early days as a husband and father, you know, I may have had some visions, some goals, some dreams, some ideas, but but we were living haphazardly. We were just living accidentally through life, you know? And so, um, and, and the same thing with companies. I think a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, um, they may even start out with a vision, but they kind of lose sight of it or they, they get focused on other things. And, and you start to make decisions that pile on top of each other and they become very difficult to unwind, right? And, and you, you, you basically have to reset, which depending on the, the size of your family, your organization, whatever it is you're talking about, that can have a, that can have a drastic effect. I mean, I know a, a sister ministry out there that, that we work closely with who is, who is struggling um, very uh, greatly right now because they got off track of their vision hmm. for, for a while. And, and now trying to to recover that has been very difficult because there's all kinds of people involved and all kinds of you know bodies involved and 
And so they're really struggling, and, and it's chaos. It's mass chaos uh, in their organization, even while they're trying to recover their vision. Yes, that's so true. And, you know, when we get lost in chaos, it just kind of, you know, what I talked about in the first segment is it it really just kind of brings darkness into our life. Like vision really helps us to create light. It brings light into our life, even if that vision seems down the road. And it's kind of what you're saying is like vision really tugs you forward. Without it, you're stuck. You're not moving. And what I mm-hmm. found has been really freeing for me in my life is, you know, I, I'm constantly kind of going back and saying, okay, like, and what's my vision for my life personally, for me as a husband and father, for our family, for my work, um, for me as, you know, in my volunteer, like, what's my, vi-? like, I constantly go, but here's one of the things that I've found that's been really positive for me is I love being around people who have a positive vision for their life. Like, it just makes me a better person. And one of the things that I that I found by being around you and you guys at Solidarity is I'm just so attracted to the fact that you guys are have a clear vision, you're passionate about it. That burden, I'm sure for you and your staff sometimes seems very 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 heavy because it's a big task, but at the same time, you know where you're going. Like it's freeing to say, you know what? It may, we made a small step today. It was very small, but at least we're moving forward. Uh, right towards that vision. I know you're giving a talk today. I don't want to keep you super long. Uh, tell me where you're talking about, who you're talking to uh, with Solidarity and, and what you guys have going on. You know, uh, we're today, and I'm really excited about this. And this, you know, Paul, just to, to, to piggyback off of that a little bit, is just one of the things that I've learned even more recently is that decision-making is so much simpler when we have that vision and we have that focus. Yep. And I'm talking that long-term as well as those short term, like what, you know, what are we doing in the next 90 days? What are we doing in the next 30 days? Right. And so decision-making is so much easier. You can listen to the Holy spirit and respond to the Holy spirit when you have that and you know where the Lord's leading you, you know? And so that's an important piece. And t- today, you know, one of those is there's a group called pro women's healthcare center that, that started up in the last couple of years. They, they launched publicly last January and they are a group of, of uh, pro-life, OBGYN clinics and pregnancy centers that offer full medical services um, that are that are that have basically decided to organize under a set of standards, mm-hmm. and these standards are, are a standard of excellent care for women's health, and in a lot of ways they're 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 unifying in order to rewrite the story around women's health, and so they've they've organized they've they, they launched last year they actually certify centers with these standards to make sure they have these standards they go above and beyond typical. OBGYN uh, practices um, and to, to show the excellence of care that they provide. And, um, and, and so they're, they're organizing. They, a, a year ago they launched and they've already got 12 centers certified. Wow. Uh, and so this is their first national conference. Um, it's actually right here in Tempe. We were able to help, help them put the conference on and be a part of organizing it. Um, and so today I'm talking, there's 25 centers represented here today, uh, about 70 people. And I'm speaking about innovation and, and about vision. It's this exact topic. How do you, how do you see the, the problem and, the, and the, the darkness around us, and how do you innovate uh, in order to provide solutions that will bring about a culture of life? And mm-hmm. so uh, that's what we're talking about today. So a lot of that goes back to that vision. What is our vision, and, and how does our vision tie into all those around us who are doing similar work? And, and how do we stop fighting? So many people in the pro-life movement are constantly fighting with each other. Um, how do we stop fighting and start helping each other to build, to go and achieve this grand vision that the Lord has set before us? Wow, oh, that's great. And I love the word innovation because, 
you know, in the midst of darkness, like, like we, we really need to be innovative, like, and our vision helps us to get there. And I think we can often just get lost in the chaos. I love that word that you used and, and, and kind of feel like we're stuck and we're going nowhere. And my real challenge is for people to kind of sit down and, and re-clarify your vision, get into some time of prayer and ask the Lord to, to bring some clarity to where you want to go and what you want to be about. And this is what I love about being a part of the Solidarity families that you guys really do. It's not like you're saying, hey, we're just we just want to provide an alternative for people uh, because we know what's out there isn't really good. Like, no, your vision's big. Like, we want to create a whole structure uh, and really uphold the dignity of all human life. And we want to provide really good health care uh, for people and within a certain moral standards and the church teaching. And, and like, it's big, man. It's big. Yeah. And you know, and it's like you said, like visions aren't achievable in your lifetime, and that's probably good. And exactly. Th- and what <laughs> I would say to that is that if if your vision's achievable in your lifetime, it's probably not big enough. Your vision's not big enough. Amen. You know. Amen. Even for your family, it's like you said, like you know, my vision for my family has got to exceed past the time that I live, you know, or the work that I do past the time that I live. And that's the beauty of God is his vision for us to enter into heaven and saying it's so much bigger than us. And that's what I, I want to be about. And that's what I love the fact that you guys are about. That's, that's absolutely, Paul. I mean, God is calling us. You know, when we look at the darkness in the, in the world right now, we look at states like New York passing laws to allow abortion up to birth and celebrating it, the, the, this victory celebration that they're having about it. And it's so, such darkness and such sadness, you know. Um, and I, I, it's not even just that, that they're our enemy. These people, I, I fear for these people's souls, you know. And I think when we see that, what we have to do is allow God, allow that vision for, for, for first of all, that vision for heaven and what Christ will accomplish on earth, you know, and already has accomplished, but also for what we can do to bring about um, change and to bring about a true culture of life. That we need to allow God to pull, allow that vision of the Lord to pull us out of that darkness and say, what can we do? How can we help? How can we fight? How can we encourage? How can we change? And and I think that's an important piece. And I do think, Paul, going back to the family, I love that you talk about this so much with people. Is that I've learned um, for myself that you know when when I'm not adhering or following that vision of what the Lord has set forth for our family and our family's mission that our family's off course. And so as the father, I've got to, to be on course. And my wife and I often will realize, hey, we're not, we're not in sync right now, you know? Right. And it typically comes back to that piece of what is, what is our vision? What, what are we, what's our goal? And what's important here? Um, and, and when we reset, and it's okay to reset, when we reset, things, things always seem to, uh, to smooth out. And, and things are not easier in the sense that it's, you know, it's certainly life is hard, but it's easier to respond to that hard life. Absolutely. And I think that's the encouragement, man, is like we all have times in our lives where we have to reset, where we have to just stop and re-clarify. Uh, part of the vision is knowing that we're not going to always go in the right direction. We're going to make wrong turns. We're going to have bad days. You know, we're going we're gonna to get in fights with our family. Like it's to stop and reset, re-clarify the vision. So we're going. If you're in a company, it happens all the time. You're having to re-clarify what you're about and, and teach that to your staff and to your people so that everybody can get on the same page. And I love the fact that you're, you're, you know, 
uniting with these clinics around and, and helping them to clarify their vision and their innovation of where they want to go because they're taking on a big task uh, for these these centers that they're doing. So that's awesome, man. That, that's really, really, really good. So, hey, uh, last question. Any parting words for people who are listening who are really wanting to clarify vision for their life or their organization? Yeah, I would say, first of all, obviously take it to prayer. Take it to prayer and listen to the Lord and, and then – Take yourself to a place where you don't have to think about today's worries and, and, and take some time to start writing things down. I mean, I, I use a, you know, what I've done for my, for my business is in our company is we've taken a um, kind of a flow chart and I just write down, what do I want our customers to experience? And three years from now, what will it look like for our customer experience? And so we just start writing down words. And then I say, you know, you know, three years from now, how will my mem- how will my employees think of our company? You know? And, and then we just write down a bunch of words. And then you go back to that later, and you can actually write yourself a vision statement, a vivid vision for your future um, of your company or your, or your family. So I would encourage people to do that. Do that as a couple. I mean, how, how beautiful would that be as a date mm-hmm. to go out on a Saturday and take a, take a walk or a hike and have some coffee and just start jotting down words that explain what your family life will be like in three years? Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe take that and put that into a, a concise statement that will help pull you forward. I love that. Dude, awesome. Chris Faddis, Solidarity Health Share. Good luck on your talk today, man. Praying for you, and we'll talk to you again. All right, God bless you. All right, man. Have a good one. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Health Share. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity Health Share is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George here, right next to Adam Kong. Adam, you're right next to me. Quiet over there, and yeah. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Why? Because you were scrolling on your phone. I was looking up stuff about vision. <laughs> yes, you were. That, that was a great interview with Chris. Now, sometimes I have to multitask, and. You are, because you push all these buttons and do the things mm-hmm. that I, I don't do. know how to do, actually. So that you can be all 100% focused, focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of, I mean, that was a good interview with Chris. Like he, it was. I think he nailed it. And uh, really, he sounds like a visionary, er, not a canary. Not no, a no, he's not a bird. No, no, no. He's a human being, but he has good vision. Sounds like <laughs> he does, man. Well, it sounds like he's been, you know, through it. Not just with solidarity, but you know, as a disciple, yeah. I guess he's he's thought a lot about the type of life he wants to live, and and talked with other people would think about that. So it was great to get that wisdom from him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing about vision is that, uh, you got to mess up a lot creating mm. it. You well, know, I should have a ton of vision. <laughs> exactly. Like it's something that y- you practice and work on and brings clarity. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a good old fashioned, not an old fashioned, although that would be nice. <laughs> a good old fashioned, wait, an old fashioned six pack of questions. <laughs> Question. That was like the best introduction ever to six pack. So, are you craving a six pack or an old fashioned now? That's the Probably question. Neither. Neither. It's too early. What about a six pack of old fashions? 
That would be good. You couldn't drink all that. That would be sinful. Like yeah. at one time. Not at one time, yeah. No. Right. But like, you know, over a week. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so question number one. To me, one of the biggest things about vision that's so difficult is that you don't know the vision you don't have. Like I remember you don't wear glasses or contacts, but I do. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was nine and we figured out that I needed glasses, what the issue was I was playing baseball and I just couldn't hit the ball. You know, and we were talking about it. I was working. I was like, can't hit the ball. And somebody told my dad, well, why don't y'all go see if he needs glasses, for goodness sake. <laughs> right. So we do. And my whole world changed by putting the glasses on. And those that are familiar with glasses or wear them, you know what I'm talking about. Like these blobby things that were actually trees the whole time. Like you can actually see them and see the leaves. And eat, but you didn't know you couldn't see. Right. Like you didn't know you didn't have vision until somebody pointed it out, right? So my question number one is... How do you find out where you lack vision in your life? Because you don't know. Well, I think one of the reasons that people struggle with having vision or finding vision or getting vision is because they are afraid to ask people um, and invite people into that process. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a lot of things. But one of the best ways to clarify vision for your life individually, corporately, for business is to ask people. You know, so this guy came up to you and said, maybe he needs glasses, right? (laughs) What if that guy would have never said anything? Maybe you would have gone another year without glasses, right? So someone spoke into you, into an idea, and it was like, okay, well, let's look at that. And I think for me, it's really important because I can get lost in the chaos, in the darkness, in in the details, and, and I either forget the vision or... I feel like I don't need it or I don't want to ask. But when I pull people into that, what they do is they pull me out of the out of the chaos and help me to, to see the vision, right? And so I think it's super important to talk to people about their vision, about what they're doing, about what works, about what they see in your life. I remember I sit down with people and say, what do you think I'm good at or how I can bring value to my work or my family? You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. uh, let that process take place, but invite other people into it. Love it. All right, question number two. It's it's a vulnerable thing to start talking about your vision, especially if you've never done this. So I'm thinking of maybe, maybe we have some listeners like in their family, maybe they're married. They've never really talked to their spouse on that level of like, where is our family going? Where do we hope it would be? Or at work, you know, to start to bring that up to your boss or your coworkers. It's a very vulnerable feeling because you put yourself out there when you start saying what you hope things turn out to be. You know, I hope our family is like this. I hope our business is like this. Um, so what would you say as far as words of encouragement for that very fearful thing of starting a vision cast with other people? How, how do you do it effectively? Or how do you, I don't know, how, do, how can you encourage us to actually get it done even though it's so scary? Yeah, I think sometimes it does seem like a little uh, scarier out there. I think first practice on yourself, your own life, uh, you know, really kind of creating vision, asking those questions, developing a vision for your life, where you want to go, what do you want to be about, who do you want to be, asking those questions. And that becomes a little bit easier to have the conversation with other people. So with your with your spouse, say for your marriage, it, you can just simply begin a conversation of, uh, what do we want our marriage to be about? Like, what, what do you want it to speak of? What do we want it to magnify? Uh, 
what, where do we want to go? You know, what do we want our family to be about? Begin to just ask those questions. There's no right or wrong. See, here's the thing. There's no right or wrong answer when it comes to vision. Because mm. vision, one, comes from God in prayer, but two, it, it come, it, it's big. It's just out there. It moves us forward. So there's no right or wrong. Over time, you, you get more clarity on the vision as you kind of massage it and talk it out some more. So the beginning stages of vision is just throwing your hopes out there mm-hmm. and just putting them you know, on paper or on a board. And, and then over time, the, the vision kind of comes a little bit more clear, maybe the wording or the semantics of it. So just begin the conversation and put it out there, you know? So it's like, well, for my family, like we want, you know, we, we want a family that that's joyful and, and on the road to sainthood and they get to heaven. I mean, that's big. I don't really know. And we don't know how to get there all the time. Right. But let's, let's look at it. Let's throw it out there. Right. I love that because really if it starts with questions that you don't really need an answer to, that, that's what's funny about the most important questions in life. Mm-hmm. Is they don't really have an answer. You don't have to have the answer, but asking the question is super. It, it, it starts the conversations that could change your life, right? And I think oftentimes, like you, you know, like when you're stuck, it's because you want an answer to the question. You just don't have it. It's like no, you don't always need. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have vision, even though you don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. just having vision helps to bring a little bit of light in the darkness. Yeah, the getting there comes over time as you learn, as you grow. You figure things out. Awesome. All right, question number three. So Chris talked about this, and and you brought it up, and I I think it's beautiful, but thinking about the vision for your life beyond your life, you know, for example, the vision for your family when after you die, what are you, you know, your grandkids, their grandkids, whatever. But for a lot of us, we really like practical goals that we can accomplish. We also get that advice, right, from people like, look, set some goals, you know, for this month this year accomplish those goals and for a lot of us that's much more comfortable than sure. thinking on the on the big so what's the balance between those realities because if i have no vision i won't move but if i'm not accomplishing a goal this week i'm also not moving right absolutely uh so vision's kind of what it, it's the big thing that's out there that really never changes you can get clarity to it maybe some like we talked about some word changing or whatever but but it is the thing that pulls you forward, and it, it is the, the ultimate end, the big goal, the, the thing that you're really about, right? I think what it happens oftentimes is people set goals before vision, and so their goals are kind of leading them nowhere. They're, they're kind of doing stuff, but it's not moving them towards the bigger vision. So, you know, bring clarity to that vision, and then I would set, say just set achievable goals that move you forward a little bit. So within the next year, what do we want to do to move that direction? Within the next three years, achievable goals that aren't, uh, that are attainable, you know? So what I usually do is set five, three, and one-year goals. And my one-year goals, there's at least one in there that I'm pretty sure that I can get to. Because if we set goals that we can't achieve, we just feel defeated, Right. So our goals give us the steps to move towards the vision. So maybe set a six-month goal. It could be about anything. It could be about, you know, maybe you have a vision of, you know, your health and losing weight or getting in shape. Uh, well, you see yourself down the road as this, but you're not there yet. So mm-hmm. just set a six-month goal. Like, what do you want to do to move there? And then a one-year goal, then a three-year goal. Uh, and then just those goals help you 
step by step to move in the direction of your vision. Love it. All right, question number four. So he mentioned getting kind of stepping out of your life, and maybe this is why retreats are usually times of a lot of enlightenment and impact in our spiritual life is because that we we do take a step back. Um, so my question is, what are some good regular times that we can schedule to, to make that happen that's realistic? Like, for example, I, I'd love to step back from my life every week for a day, sure. and but that's not going to happen, right? But there are times where, or at least not for a full day, that, that God's calling me that. But there are times that I think would be healthy for me to say, definitely on this date, I'm stepping back and reclarifying the vision or looking at this again. Um, what does that need on a regular basis? What does that look like? That's a great question. And I'm not sure there's, you know, a silver bullet or a right answer. I could throw out some suggestions. I do think a retreat's great. It's always great to get some time, maybe annually, um, to get away, to really pray, uh, re-clarify your spiritual life and goals and, and then the things that surround that, you know, uh, sometimes that's not possible. Um, for people, so maybe you go on a retreat every two years, whatever. But that would that would be awesome. But I've one of the things that I've done before is what I would call a quarterly offsite. So once every three months, uh, like a day or a half day away, you know, somewhere, or you know, just get away from the office, get away, and just get back to your, you know, your notes or your your journal, and say, how am I doing on my vision? Where am I? Am I am I struggling? Am I am I meeting some of those goals? And and to re-clarify um, the vision for where you want to go. And doing that a few times a year helps you to stay on path. So you don't get to the end of the year and be like, uh, I just completely got lost about six months in, completely forgot, and I've just been stumbling my way through. Now it's the new year. I'm going to get back to it, and we kind of go through that cycle. So my suggestion would be to kind of have those times and you don't have to take a day off of work, although you could, it could be a Saturday, Saturday morning, or, you know, just get away, go, go off and somewhere quiet or somewhere where no one can bother you for a little bit and, and just kind of re-clarify where you are. Love it. Question number five. So if we're forming a vision, okay, with someone else, maybe it's our family, maybe it's our coworkers or, or whatever, um, how do we go about having vision and purpose, but also not being stubborn and hard-headed? So I'm thinking of like times in my own past where I'm like, okay, this is the vision. This is like, I'm saying how it needs to be in other words, and you need to go with it. And I'm going to stick to my vision by like being stubborn about, you know, not willing to change, let's say, or not willing to accommodate other people's needs. If we struggle with that, if we struggle with being hard-headed, um, how do we track that if we're going to be sticking to a vision? How do we temper our tendency to dominate other people with the way we think think things should be? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, if you don't let people into the process of your vision, then they're not going to help you when you're stuck. You're going to be alone. You know, and so it's really important to invite people into that process as we talked about. And if it's a joint effort in a sense of you work for a business or corporation or a company or a church and staff, and and maybe there is a, a, a specific leader or leadership there, that as a leadership, 
it brings a lot of of um, of great uh, you know effort and and sort of the team approach to get the way you get buy in is you allow people to weigh in, and when people don't get to weigh in, they don't buy in to the to where you want to go, and so you you may have like an idea of this vision of where you want to go, but to get people to to really buy into that, let them weigh in. And what you'll find is that they're going to help. They're not going to take away from your vision. They're actually going to help create it even better. And that's the good thing is that, wow, I had this vision and I had no idea it was this good because I invited these other people into it and they really helped make it even better. And now through that process, we're all on board. We're all moving forward together for this vision. And, you know, God just used me to throw out the idea. So that to me would be the ultimate goal is that. Right on. All right. Question number six. So you actually work with people on this kind of stuff and it's, it's a shameless plug, but it's also a reality. Like we don't come out of the womb knowing how to do this. I think if we lived in a society that was more communal, Mm -hmm. but we're in a very individualistic society, we literally have to reinvent our lives. Like none of us are taught how to live as human beings, unfortunately. The art of living. Right. The art of living. So, you know, even the best organizations are all f- just figuring this out. You know, like there, there are a lot of trailblazers, but, you know, tradition's a bad word today. You know, how our grandparents did things is not how we want to do them today. You know what I mean? Even yeah. in business, yeah. the way business was done 50 years ago seems old and outdated. So you actually work with people on this stuff. So what does that look like? If like I was going to ask you to help me clarify my personal vision, my mm-hmm. family vision, my um, business vision, my church vision, if I was going to bring you into this, what does that process actually looks like? And do you find it, like, how do you find it helpful to people that you work with? Well, yeah, I mean, I find a lot of people just don't think about it, mm. uh, you know, and it's just giving them permission, I think, to to clarify what I think is already there. Because although we're not, we don't born really knowing how to live, like we're taught within community, like mm-hmm. like life is taught by seeing you know, and being around and, and that could be either good or bad. And, you know, when family's healthy, you, you find that people become healthy, right? More healthy kids and, you know, and when community's healthy, it, it becomes a joint effort. But I, I do believe that, that the way we're created, that God has put a vision on everyone's heart, like this natural ability to, to want to do good, to be good, to be a saint, and when you begin to ask someone those questions, it's, it's like it's already there. Now you've given them permission to really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm not giving people my vision. I'm just helping them clarify what's, what's in their heart already. And it becomes a beautiful process. And this can work individually or as families or as married couples or even people in business. And you and I have done some work together just bringing clarity to what's already like this thing that God's already doing is a beautiful process. Now we know where to go, right? Now we got to get people to buy into that. And I think that that's, you know, what I help do with people or, and even you as well, but it, um, you know, it, it becomes a really beautiful process actually. Yeah, it is an important work. Well, especially today in the church. I mean, we need, we need, a we all need to ask the vision question. What, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do think like on the, the corporate level and, and the church level, like, like that's, that's a big, you know, because, you know, we say times have changed and things have changed, but visions don't change, you right. know, and the companies a hundred years ago mm-hmm. 
had a vision, and that's why they worked. And the church 2,000 years ago had a vision, and that's why it worked. And if right now we seem like we're in the chaos and the muck and the darkness, it's getting back to that vision. And mm-hmm. if you're struggling out there individually, ask somebody, or as a church, ask somebody, bring someone in. I mean, I can help you, but there's other people too. Um, but I think it's okay to say, you know, our church parish, we just have kind of lost our vision. Like, mm-hmm. let's re-clarify this, and let's get people to buy in, and let's move forward, and let's just kick some butt at this, right? <laughs> like, God has given us so much. And as a diocese, or dioceses, is it's okay to just say, you know what, we, we've kind of lost track. We need to... Like, people are not going to get mad or judge you because you're like, hey, we're we, we just going to re-clarify yeah. what God has done all these years. Like, actually, people will be like, yes. Yes. Finally. Great. We... Because... I promise you, no, very few lay people are under the assumption that everything's perfect in the church right now. Yeah, so, so it's okay to admit that. You know what people really love, though? They love clarity on vision mm-hmm. because people love to know where they where they can go. Right. They they love to know the hope of the future. They love to know what's the possibilities of where they want to go. And I think that in a family, it's like it's constantly reminding your kids of what they can become, not who they are right mm-hmm, now and their mm-hmm. mistakes. It's like this is who I see you as. Like this is who I see you as, and and for a husband and wife is this is where we want to go and what we want to be. We're not there yet. Here's where we want to go. That's important for the church even. Like right now, like we're messy, but here's what we want to be about. And people, I guarantee you, will stop focusing on all the negative, and they'll be like, yes, that's what we want to be about too. Now, how can we get there? How can we help? People will want to help and get on board. Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of really clarifying vision because it, it, it helps you to get out of the muck and, and to move forward. And we all want to move forward. No one wants to be stuck in their life. And that's important. And I love the humility of people who are willing to ask because that's where um, that's where it begins. You know, I invite people into that process. You know, if I don't, I'm journeying alone and I'm stuck alone and then no one helps me, you know? And, you know, in my opinion, someone gave me this advice is, you know, if um, make friends now before you need them later, because there'll come a time in your life where you don't have it all together and you're really going to need people to pull you out and re-remind you of your vision. So. Good show. Yeah. So there it is. Grab hold of the vision. Uh, You can share the podcast iTunes, Google Play, um, discovertheartofliving.com. You can support the show and all the work that we're doing. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to Chris Faddis. And we'll be back next week. God bless.